0: Welcome to today's podcast, where Pastor Rick discusses the difference between being a legend and leaving a legacy. Our legacy is how we will be remembered, the long-lasting impact of our actions and events that took place in our life. It is not always positive, and we must consider what we will pass on to future generations. Join us as we explore the difference between being a legend and leaving a legacy, and learn how we can all leave a lasting impact. Good morning, morning. those of you joining us online, thank you for making the choice to worship with the road and grab a Bible phone, something you can read God's word from, open to the book of Nehemiah chapter 1, hold your spot there, we will not be reading that until later into the message, Uh, we're kicking off a new series today, you may not be a legend, but you can leave a legacy. Legacy. I'm going to talk about Tim McGraw. Most people know who Tim McGraw is. I'm not sure how many of you know his story. He didn't know who his real dad was until he was 11 years old. Uh, and he was snooping through his mother's closet. and He found his birth certificate. And on the line where his father was named, the name was scribbled out. So he went to his mom and he confronted her. And he said, listen, what's the story on my dad? And she said, listen, I met a guy. We had a summer fling. I got pregnant. He told me when I got pregnant, he didn't want anything to do with me. He didn't want anything to do with you. He chose baseball. He was going to be a legend. And that relationship stayed that way for a long, long time until the state of Louisiana stepped in. And they told Tug McGraw that he was going to have to pay child support to his child and the child's mother. And and Tug said, hey, listen, I'll pay what I owe, but there are two conditions. I want a paternity test to prove that child is mine. And I want a signed agreement that that kid will never contact me ever again. Uh, and, And so the relationship went along that way until Tim was 17 years old. At the age of 17, Tim and Tug met face to face. And Tug immediately knew that Tim was his kid. And so that changed everything. Tug became involved in Tim's music career and introduced him to, to music executives that he had met through baseball. He even bought Tim's first tour van or bus to use as he was touring. In 2004, Tug McGraw would die of brain cancer. And Tim would write a song about his life called, Live Like You Were Dying. You see, before he died, Tim realized it's more important to leave a legacy than be a legend. Our lesson is this, and hear me, because we're going to end here today. It's never too late to decide to leave a legacy. We're going to pray, and we're going to jump into our message. Would you join me as we go to God in prayer? Father, thank you so much. It's been a good day. Father, we always enjoy seeing each other, fellowshipping with each other. We enjoy worship. And Father, I I want us to come to your word, and I want us to get something to help us live life. Father, this, this isn't wasted time, that, Father, we actually look at our life, evaluate our life in light of the truth, make changes, Father, so that we can be further conformed to the image of Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. So what is a legend, and how does it compare to a legacy? So I'm going I'm I'm to ask you a couple questions to get us started. You'll find this pretty interesting. How long do you think you'll be remembered? And uh, our minds tell us that maybe we'll be remembered a pretty long time. Scientists study this stuff, right? Science studies everything. And they tell us that most human beings will not be remembered beyond 60 years. Now you go, oh, no, that's not true for me. You don't know who I am, right? <laughs> right? I know I'll be. Okay, so, I, so here's, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to help you see the reality of this. On your worship folder, there's, there's a question that says, can you write the full name of your grandparents? You take a second and do that. Just write. You don't have to write it. Just think it. Who were your grandparents? On my father's side, my father's dad was Lewis Sowell. And his wife was Cora Kelly. I knew their names, right? On my mother's side, it was Horace Tatum and Inez Wheeler. I knew their names. So, right? So, that's just about that 60-year lifespan. I knew them because they were alive when I was born. So, the next question gets a little bit different. Because you have four grandparents. You have eight great-grandparents Can you write their names down? And see, most people can't. That your legacy, your legendary feats only go back as far as one generation and then everybody forgets you. So how does that translate to life? Look right here at me. All the things you think you've done that are great. Right, guys sit around and talk about how great their athleticism was, right? You know, I did this, I did that. How much money you make. The legend of your life will only last about 60 years, and everybody will forget everything you've ever done. And I cannot help but say this. If you don't think that's true, go home and ask your kids who Michael Jordan is. (laughs) Right? They're going to go, Michael who? And his success far outweighs our success. So what is... A legend. Um, Well, the the legends of our life only last about as long uh, as our children. David realized this. He wrote in Psalm 39, Lord, make me to know the end of my, my end and what is the extent of my days. Let me know how transient I am. And so this series is about being more than a legend. About living a life that carries an impact that lasts more than 60 years. Making a real eternal difference in life. So how do we define legacy? Well, the dictionary defines legacy as that long-lasting impact of particular events or actions that took place in the past of a person's life. A little bit simpler, your legacy is how your life will be summarized. It's how people will remember you. Okay, so how do people remember you? Okay, if you're a legend, this is what they remember. They remember your successes. How much money you made, right? We define life by success, right? Just because you come to church, don't think you don't. What we drive, where we live, the job we work, and how much money we make. We define life by success. We're, we all want to be legendary. Legacies are defined by significance. And there's a big difference in the two. Is your life significant? What will be remembered about you. And the crazy thing is that it's possible to be this incredible success and leave no legacy. Make sure you're hearing me. To have been an incredible success in the business world, the athletic world, whatever world you want to put it in to have been an incredible success and to leave zero legacy behind. We would define legacy for our lives as what others are like because we were in their life. Right, what are your kids going to be like because you were in their life? What are your friends going to be like because you were in? What's your mate going to be like because you were in their life? And the legacy is not always positive. So, crazy story. A couple weeks ago, uh, my mama's not in this service, so I can talk a little more openly. <laughs> Had to be careful sometime. But a couple weeks ago, I picked mom up. And my wife and I were running around taking care of some errands. And my mom begins to unpack this story I've never heard. I'm 62. I mean, most of the stories I tell, I tell about my paternal grandfather. Dairy farm, 18 kids, this guy I looked up to, and she begins to unpack this story about his life and the life of the people around him that blew my mind. And to keep it on the sane side, most of it had to do with Morality. And I look at my wife, and I mean, you could have knocked me down. I look at my wife, and I said, this explains so many of the problems in our lives. I was past a dysfunctional legacy. <laughs> right? So that made me want to look a little further in. Okay, to the best of my accounts, in my own lifetime of the people I've known, three murderers in my family. Right, right, don't mess with us. <laughs> right, hey, listen, listen, I'll give you more information you want to know. In my lifetime, my cousin killed a man, wrapped his body in a sleeping bag, sunk in the river, and then helped the police look for him. I come from a long line of crazy. <laughs> that it is possible to pass a negative, unhealthy, broken, dysfunctional, Legacy to the people you love most. Some of you will. Some of you are right now. As we work our way through Scripture, here's what you're going to see. And this is why I love the Bible. A lot of the people in the Bible passed along a broken legacy. A dysfunctional legacy. We're all going to leave something behind. But we don't always leave something positive behind. Last thing before we get into our scripture, the word of God moves us toward leaving a legacy. Okay, look at me before you write that down. I want to make sure you understand why. Is that the word of God teaches us to live for eternal things, not temporal things. That if we will line our life up with the word of God, what we are doing is we are leaving a legacy. We are impacting the people around us in a way that is more than temporary, in a way that has eternal Benefits to their life. We're leaving a legacy. And in, in Nehemiah chapter 1, we're going to look at a guy who chose to leave a legacy rather than be a legend. And because he chose to leave a legacy, he became a legend. Right? And I'm going to tie all that together for you in a minute. Read with me if you will. In the book of Nehemiah, we're going to read the entire first chapter. Uh, the words of Nehemiah, the son of Hacaliah, Now, it happened in the month Chislev in the 20th year while I was in Susa, the capital, that Hananiah, one of my brothers, and some men from Judah came. And I asked them concerning the Jews who had escaped and survived the captivity and about Jerusalem. And they said to me, this is bad news, right? This is bad news. I'll explain the circumstances in just a moment. The remnant there in the province who survived the captivity are in great distress and reproach. And the wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates are burned with fire. When I heard these words... I sat down and wept and I mourned for days and I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. And I said, I beseech you, O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God who preserves a covenant and loving kindness for those who love him and keep his commandments. Let your ear now be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer of your servant, which I am praying before you now, day and night, on behalf of the sons of Israel, your servants. Confessing the sins of the sons of Israel, which we have sinned against you, I and my father's house have sinned. We have acted very corruptly against you You, uh, against you, against and have not kept the commandments, nor the statutes, nor the ordinances of what you commanded, your servant Moses. Remember the word which you commanded, your servant Moses, saying, If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the peoples. Here's what he's saying. The reason they're in captivity now is they've been unfaithful. They did not honor God's word. We'll talk about that more in just a minute. Then verse 9. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, Though, though those of you who haven't been scattered were in the most, have been scattered, were in the most part of the heavens, remote part of the heavens, I will gather them from there and will bring them to the place where I've chosen to cause my name to dwell. They are your servants and your people whom you redeemed by your great power and by your strong hand. O oh Lord, I beseech you, may your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and the prayers of your servants who delight to revere your name and make your servant successful today and grant him compassion before this man. Now I was... The cupbearer to the king. Okay, so this is a, a. if you've never read the book of Nehemiah, it is an incredibly amazing book. A, a wonderful book. Uh, Nehemiah identifies himself. He says, I, I was the cupbearer to the king. So let me tell you what a cupbearer is real quickly. A cupbearer we would know as a taste tester. Right? It doesn't mean you just carried the king's cup. You tasted the king's cup to make sure nobody was trying to kill the king. If you fall dead, the king's okay. They get a new cupbearer. Right? They, you taste all of his food. Everything that comes to the king goes through your lips before it ever gets to the king's lips. You, therefore, are incredibly close and important to the king. This is a fabulous job to have. This is a job that will make you successful. This is a job you can retire from early, right? You're going to be a wealthy, if you don't die in the process, but... You're gonna be a wealthy, wealthy man when you get done with your career as a cupbearer, and he's he's working one day. Some friends show up from his hometown, 1,100 miles away. Man, he's glad to see him. Guy's name's Hanai. He says, "Hey, man, how things back in the hometown?" He says, "It's bad, Nehemiah. It's bad." You see, the Babylonians in 586 BC conquered. The nation of Judah and destroyed the city of Jerusalem. So when you conquered somebody, when the Babylonians conquered them, they tore their city walls down because there was no protection. Burned their gates with fire. We read all that. Because if you, without a city wall, you don't have any way to protect yourself. So if you're going to reestablish your city, the first thing you do is rebuild the wall. And here's what they're telling Nehemiah. They're, it's in desolation. No wall, no gates. People aren't protected. And it was such a shock to Nehemiah. The scripture says he sat down. And wept. Now the short story is he found favor from the king. And the amazing part of this whole book is he went back to Jerusalem and led the people to rebuild the wall. And they rebuilt that entire wall in 52 days. An incredible story. What I want you to see from this story today are four truths about the difference between living a life to be a legend and living a life to leave a legacy. And here's the first one. Choose purpose over profit and pleasure. Um, the first choice in Nehemiah's life was he was going to live for a reason. Not to make money and not to be comfortable. So if he had continued as a cupbearer, he'd have been wealthy. Every, every one of us would have defined his life as a success. Incredibly wealthy, probably to the point that his kids didn't have to worry about anything, Right? But you wouldn't know his name today. Right? Because he would have been a legend. But you wouldn't have known his name because 60 years after he was gone, everybody would have forgot about him. Because here's the truth. There were thousands upon thousands of cupbearers and you don't know any of their names. None of them. That's going to happen to us. Right? That's going to happen to us. Unless we choose to leave a legacy. And so here's what Nehemiah did. Nehemiah looks at everything this life has to offer and chooses purpose. What was his purpose? I love my God and I will go home to a people I've never met in a city I may have never seen. And I will live to rebuild this wall. I'm going to live for purpose. You see, one of the greatest traps that Satan sets for us, and I need you to hear me say, this is not, I man, I'm preaching this to y'all. This is a trap for all of us. Every person in this room falls into this trap. And that is the trap of prosperity and pleasure. And then Jesus did everything he could to warn us. Prioritize your relationship with God above prosperity and pleasure. Because you don't even begin to understand how powerful these two things are in your life. And they will suck you down. Listen to some of the things scripture says. Proverbs eleven twenty eight. 28. He who trusts in riches will, fa- will fall, but the righteous will flourish like the green leaf. Here it is. Here's the difference between a legend it's, you're going to end. Our legacy, you will flourish like a green leaf. Mark 10.23, Jesus talks about how hard it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Mark 6.24, no man can serve two masters for either he will hate one, love the other, he'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Matthew 13.24 tells us of the deceitfulness of wealth and how it will choke out, literally choke out the word of God in our lives. Luke 8.14 talks about the pleasures of this life, keeping the word of God from producing fruit. In our lives. Luke 12. There was this guy. He had the best year ever. Right? He, he had so many crops. That he couldn't even contain it in his barns. And they said what are you going to do? I'm going to tear down these barns. I'm going to build bigger barns. I'm going to retire. I'm going to eat, drink and be merry. And Jesus said you are a fool. A fool. Because tonight your soul will be required of you. Over and over and over again. The Bible warns us against. Living for profit and living for pleasure. I, I've shared this before. It's, it's been a long time ago. My dad died in 2013. My dad was a collector of things. You say, what things? All things. <laughs> uh, eight-track tapes, because he knew the cassettes were never going to take off, right? So he collected these eight-track It's a whole other story. Pocket knives, gold coins, gold, gold pocket watches, uh, everything that a man could collect. Guns, knives. My dad collected them. Um, when his health began to fail, eventually got to the place where he had to go to the nursing home. And when he got ready to check in the nursing home, I want you to listen to this. They gave him a list of the five things he could take in the nursing home. Okay? I wrote that list down. When you come, bring five T-shirts, five pair of underwear, and one pair of pants. That's it. None of the stuff he had worked for his his entire life. And he had a lot of nice stuff. But he couldn't take any of it with him. And I want to wrap this up by reflecting on the life of Joseph for just a second. Because here's what I need you to see. This life is hard. And if it's not hard for you right now, just hang on. It will get hard. And when it gets hard, look right here at me. Neither profit nor pleasure will sustain you. Neither one of them will sustain you. Pleasure will take you under. Right? Hey, times are hard. Give me another drink. Hey, times are hard. Give me another pill. It'll take you under. Right? Profit is powerless to change your circumstances in life. There's one thing that will see you through life, and that's purpose. When life gets hard, you better know what your purpose is. Now, let's look at the life of Joseph. Joseph is a young boy, and he has a dream. And God reveals to him in this dream that one day all these people are going to bow down to him. That is his purpose. So, what happens? What unfolds in his life? Well, his brothers hated him. They threw him in a hole. He was sold into slavery, taken to a home, worked there as a slave, accused of rape, falsely accused of rape, thrown into prison for years. And yet, the scripture says he never betrayed his faith in God. Why? Because he understood his purpose. He understood what God had called him to. And his purpose on this earth was not profit. It was not pleasure. He had the chance to choose both of them and he didn't. He chose purpose. And watch me. Purpose sustained him through the difficulties this life will always bring. Make sure you understand your purpose. Second thing we learned from the life of Nehemiah is be passionate about something that matters. Uh, This is where Nehemiah sits down and cries, right? This guy's got the greatest job in the world. And he's 1,100 miles from Jerusalem. He might as well have been on the other side of the world because the only way he's getting there is on Camelback. Right? It's a long trip. Why would you even care what's happening 1,100 miles away from you? But when his friend sat down and told him, he sat down and cried. And it was such a big deal to him that he fasted and mourned for many days. He was passionate about something that mattered Nehemiah loved Jerusalem because he loved God. It's highly likely that he had never been there. So a place he had never been and a people he had never seen mattered to him because he had a God he had seen. And didn't matter. So I have a question for you. Look right up here at me. Nothing to write down. What do you have that money cannot buy and death cannot take? Just think about it. Make your list. What do you have that money cannot buy and death cannot take? There's only two things. right, you can spend all the rest of the day thinking about it, but it's going to come down to two things. Your relationship with God, money cannot buy and death cannot take. And your relationship with other people, and that is it. Now, watch this. Because in our crazy humanity, we get passionate about a lot of stuff. I've seen you all at the Little League games. (laughs) Right? If this life is going to come down to only two things that matter, two, 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 how passionate are you about those two things? Man, it, that's the difference between, man, I'm living as a legend and I'm living to leave a legacy. Third truth. Nehemiah used projects to build people. So, you know, somebody's out there going, hey, do you know what the book of Nehemiah is about? Yeah, it's about a wall. No, not about a guy who built the wall. It's about a guy who built the people. Now watch this. Here's your difference between a legend and leaving a legacy. A legend will use people to build a project. A legacy builds projects involving people. He builds people using projects. Big difference, right? When you run your business, Right? When, you, when you, are, you come to church, are you part of something? Or are you being used to accomplish something? Big difference. Are you, are you building a legend or are you living a legacy? Right? At home, life is full of projects, right? I mean, you got projects waiting on you to get out of here right now, Right? Somebody's got to fold the clothes. Somebody's got to wash the dishes. Somebody's got to mow the yard, drag the limbs, right? They just keep going, right? And every problem presents a whole bunch more other projects in our list. And and, and as we parent our kids, as we live our life, most of us look at those projects and go, oh, no, another project. I'm going to give you three ways that you use projects to build people at home. Here's your first one. Start to view a project as a reason to spend time with the people you love most. Right? we got to fold clothes. Good. Let's get in here and sit down. Oh, man, let's talk while we fold these clothes. Rather than get in there and fold them clothes. I know how it is. I've been there. Right? Right? Some of it flows from the top down. I hate dragging limbs. I hate it. I hate it. I... Come on, guys. Let's go have some fun. Oh. We look at it like this. Hey, listen, here's an opportunity for us to get out and do something together. Let's don't waste the opportunity to spend time with the people we love most complaining about the projects that are in our life that help us develop those relationships. Number two, we'll show you how that happens. A project will always provide the stressful opportunity to teach important life lessons. Something's going to go wrong. You're dragging limbs, the chainsaw will not start, Right? Something will go wrong. Now, a few years ago, uh, I've lived in the same house since I moved to town, 1994. We had that kind of yellowy oak cabinets in our kitchen. My wife could not stand those. She said, I want those things white. How how big a deal could that be? Right? (laughs) So we took the 2,700 cabinet doors off of our cabinets. Listen, it never dawned on me they need to go back in the exact place you took them off from. Dude, I'm a pastor. I'm not a carpenter. So I take them all. I pile them into our utility room. They're all mixed up. We sand them all down, paint them. I'm feeling pretty good. We go to put them back on. And it's like a Rubik's Cube jigsaw puzzle. Can't figure out how they go back on anything. And listen, it's not going well. That reveals a side of me that you guys don't know. And my wife says to me in the middle of that, I will never do cabinet doors with you ever again. (laughs) Now I have a new goal in life. That's the only thing I want on that list. Because we joke about it now. Now, babe, you want to do some cabinet doors? I'll (laughs) never do cabinet doors. Because what happened? The stress of that situation revealed the ugliness of who I am. It's not fun to work with me when things aren't going well. Right? So here's what you need to know. When you're looking at your kids and your family... The project will become the furnace in which character is refined. Always, always, always don't waste it. Do not waste that opportunity. The third thing, this is to boys and men, right? Um, I wish I knew more about women. I would give you one, but I don't. So, um, <laughs> Men don't make appointments, have a cup of coffee, and talk. That's an uncomfortable environment for men. Men talk when they work. Been talk when they do something, right? That's why guys go fishing. They're out there in the boat, then catch fish. I was a Great day. Because they talked about their marriage problems. They talked about everything. They go hunting. They sit around the campfire. They talk. They play basketball. They play football. Whatever they're doing. This is, this is why guys love the locker room, right? It's because guys talk when they do things together. They do projects together. You got a son? Every time you have a project, it's an opportunity to build that relationship with him. Every time you have an opportunity to include him in something you're doing. Now, if you make that a horrible experience because you're a horrible person to work with, (laughs) they're not going to want to do that. That's why we're talking about leaving a legacy. You, You realize most of this stuff doesn't matter to us until we're too old for it to matter to us? You ask an old man. You ask an old man how many opportunities he missed and how many times he had opportunity to build something with his kids and he blew it. Ask an old man if he wishes he had another chance to leave a legacy rather than build a legend. Last point point, we're done. Never be afraid to talk about the good things God has done. This is in chapter 2. I'm going to ask you to turn a page and look at verse 18. You need to highlight this verse if you never have. So Nehemiah shows up in Jerusalem. There's a bunch of stuff that God did to get him there. And he shows up and he's trying to convince these people to build a wall. And he says this. I told them how the hand of my God had been favorable to me and about the king's words which he had spoken to me. And then they said, Let us arise and build. So they put their hands to the good work. So Nehemiah shows up in town, and here is his plan to get these people involved to change their life. He's going to tell them how good God's been to them. What's your leadership plan? I just want to tell, I'm I'm going to tell these people how good God's been. All the doors he opened to get me here. And now I'm here. And I want you to notice he didn't say, now let's go to work. That verse says, now the people said, let's go to work. They've been living in that city with torn down walls for years. No gates on the city in desolation. And this guy shows up and says, I got to tell you how good God is. And all of a sudden, everything changed. How long has it been since you had a conversation with anybody about how good God is? How long since you sat down and looked at life and thought, none of this would be true in my life if it hadn't been for God? And How long since you sat around a dinner table with your kids and said, guys, we're going to talk for just a minute about how good God is to us? Because here's the deal. Everybody's going to leave and go do something today. You're already thinking about you know, lunch, whatever it is that you're going to go do. And you're going to be with somebody. I'm not taking that moment, that opportunity, and looking around at the people you're with and going, you know what? It just dawned on me that you guys probably wouldn't be in my life if it wasn't for the good hand of my God. I wouldn't be married to the woman I'm married to if it wasn't for the good hand of my God. I wouldn't have the kids that I have if it wasn't for the good. I wouldn't get the pastor of this church if it wasn't for the good hand of my God. People's lives change when we talk about the good hand of God in our lives. So here it is. You want to leave a legacy, live for a purpose, live with passion, build people, not projects, and tell the world how good God has been to you because it's never too late to start leaving a legacy. Would you bow your heads with me? I want to tell you that God's been doing some really good stuff uh, in our church and the lives of people. Maybe one of those people is you. And maybe you're here today and and God has been asking you to publicly declare that you are ready to follow him. And maybe you need to come grab one of our ministers by the hand today and say, listen, I'm ready to begin following Jesus. I am ready to begin following Jesus. Or maybe I'm ready to plant my life at a church home. I want to be where God wants me to be. Or maybe you're here and say, pastor, I've done all of that. But if I was honest about my life, here's the truth about my life. I've been living to be a legend more than I have to leave a legacy. I've been about about success and not living for significance. And those are tough things because that's, that's when you change your work hours, right? Or you don't accept a promotion. And you start valuing eternal things above temporal things. It's tough. Our staff is here, our ministry staff, and we would love to have the opportunity to pray with you. Our band's going to lead us. And if you have a decision to make, if you're watching online, we have an online pastor waiting to engage with you. If you're here, your ministry staff is here to pray with you and engage with you. Father, thank you so much for the time you've given us. God, please work, please move. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for joining us at The Road. If you'd like more information about things going on at Choctaw Road Baptist Church, visit us at theroad.tv or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash theroadcrbc. Have a great week.